Hey everybody, welcome to another discussion episode of Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection, brought to you by the Child Nettlist Bipolar Foundation. That's www.bpkids.org. C-A-B-F are the call letters. Flip Switch is the show. You can get a hold of us at flipswitch at bpkids.org. Please, please go leave a comment about a show, please. Or a blog. We have blogs now. Our RSS feed has been fixed so now you can pick up both the podcast and the blog. Just put it in your aggregator. If you don't know what an aggregator is, you know, it means you're too old to be listening to this podcast. Well, this week what we're talking about is antidepressants. Who are my co-hosts today? It is Ryan. What's up, guys? The almost medical schooled Ryan. Almost. And Chrissy. Hey, guys. The not even to summer yet. Chrissy. Oh, yeah. Got a few more <laughs> weeks. You know what I say to that, Chrissy? Better you than me. <laughs> well, guys, what we're talking about this week are antidepressants, and we've gone over a few of the antidepressants so far. But one thing that you will hear almost always when antidepressants or really any kind of psychological drug is invoked is this thing about do antidepressants actually work? Now, that's A, really. B is are they really actually killing you slowly in some way? Are they causing brain cancer in the future? Something like that. Uh, or C, it's all drug companies wanting to make a lot of money. And that's all it is. What is our position on this, Ryan? Always talk to your doctor. Follow your doctor's advice. Right. Why would we take that position? Because doctors go to school for a very long time. They've read the research. They've been exposed to clinical trials. Right. They understand the medication more so than you or I or um, others would. Right. And if you don't trust your doctor, go get a new doctor. I mean... Really, that's what it's about. So we will talk about the medication, what it does, antidepressants, uh, typically what they have done historically. But some people can't be convinced. Some people just don't buy it. And maybe they're right, but that's not for us to say. We'll say this is widely used. We're going to talk about it. And in the end, talk to your doctor. Have a good Q&A with him. If you want to go debate, go debate him, please. Don't tell us that the medication doesn't work. We're not medical doctors. Ryan is that's almost going to be one. But still, so there's this big controversy. Aren't there lots of controversies when it comes to antidepressant drugs? Just that they're actually not working. And the other one I've heard is that it's just for the makers to get lots and lots of money. Right. Because without that, they wouldn't make any money. Drug companies would be poor, apparently. And maybe that could be right, for all I know. But let's talk about that part of it now, because this whole thing is going to be about the controversy. So what are your thoughts on it, Ryan? You've been through now your entire undergraduate career. You've had many, many bigwig egghead professors tell you their own personal beliefs on this and that. What do you personally think about it now? I think, from my point of view, that the drugs work, or they wouldn't be prescribed in the quantity that they are if people aren't getting any help from them. Right. And from the research, it, it, it seems that a lot of it's not like a placebo effect. Right. That it's been proven to be, you know, right. very applicable. There was a guy who did, his name was Irving Kirsch. And he did a study about placebo effect and antidepressants a few years ago. And it was actually, he didn't do the study. It was a meta-analysis, which means he actually took a bunch of studies and kind of cross-looked at them. 
and he found that the placebo effect was very, very great, and that there wasn't hardly any improvement for people with minor depression. And people with major depression, there was only slight improvement. Uh, he used, I think, I want to say 17 studies, and then like uh, one of the pharmaceutical companies shot back with something that used like 120 or 150 studies and said, you're wrong, here's it. And he said, well, your studies aren't good. And then they said, well, you have a stupid nose, go away. <laughs> and I've seen him, he does have a stupid nose. But, so yeah, that the placebo effect, that's a big one. Why is it you choose to believe that science than some of this other science that you can clearly find on the web just by typing the word antidepressants? Right, and I would have to say, I mean, my opinion is going to be biased and going to be skewed because... I mean, I can't be exposed to everything. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take it from my personal experience with my mother. I don't think she could function without her drugs right. at all. So I take that personal experience into account. And then it, it just makes sense of the research that's out there. The fact that serotonin or all your neurotransmitters, the chemicals that are sending messages in your brain and that you know, help regulate your emotions, there's a lack of them. Or they're not getting sent the right way in you know, certain mental And this is, this is a very, this is kind of one of the attack pins. The, the pins that the whole thing turns on for a lot of people. And it's, it's unfortunately been misrepresented in the media. In fact, let's ask Chrissy. Chrissy, what in the brain causes depression? What have you heard? That's what I'm at, really asking. Something about not getting certain it's a chemical chemicals. Imbalance. Yeah. yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. I it's always portrayed as a chemical imbalance. And a chemical imbalance, no real psychologist or, or psychiatrist says it's a chemical imbalance. What they mean is once you are depressed, the chemicals are off. <laughs> because there are, exist in the state of depression just certain things that are common to that state. And... I assure you, your brain chemistry and your body is completely kind of off at that moment. How it's off, that's open for debate. And we do see certain signs. But, yeah, that makes sense. But that's not the whole story. It's a factor. So right. nobody says it's a chemical imbalance. They say that your chemicals are kind of altered. That's a factor, yes. So from that point of view, then, you're viewing the lack of chemicals or the overabundance of chemicals in your brain as a symptom. Right. Right. So As one of many factors. Right. And so that, that being understandable, if you can create a drug that helps relieve that symptom and improve somebody else's life, I feel like that should be implemented. Right. And this will get to something else, another part of the controversy we'll talk about in a moment. I agree. The problem is a lot of, a lot of people have said, well, all the psychiatrists, all they say is it's a chemical imbalance. No, none of them say that. They say it's one of factors. Now, the reason this is a big issue, though, is because, do you know who prescribes all the antidepressants, Chrissy? Doctors? Psychiatrists? No, the, the second, the first one was right, the second one was wrong. It's just doctors. Regular general practitioners prescribe all the antidepressants. So I, I even had a conversation Most about, of this, antidepressants. about this yesterday with one of my, my friends. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There was a Time Magazine article over a, like 40 years of research or something from this point going back 40 years about happiness and depression symptoms and the use of medications and different things. I didn't have a chance to read it. He kind of explained it to me, so I don't really know the ins and out of it. Um, but, uh, but he was talking to me about like how I thought about therapy and the use of antidepressants or medication in general and if the, there was an 
there's an overuse of it or there's not enough therapy. And I basically said that the thing is, it's general practitioners that are prescribing a lot of the antidepressants. So that was... Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think general practitioners prescribe most of the antidepressants? There's two reasons. Two main reasons. I would say it's probably A, cheaper on the insurance. Well, okay, three reasons. That's, okay. that's correct. That's one um, of the big ones. And there might be a little bit of stigma. Stigma is yeah. the big one. So, Nobody wants to go to a psychiatrist if they can just get it from their doctor. Right. That's a, one doctor. I go see him. People just think I was in to see about my rashy knee. <laughs> because I didn't take my cream and I had to go back. And they won't know that I was depressed. The other is, the last one is that there's not enough psychiatrists to see everybody. So they couldn't do it. But those three make a cocktail of the drugs are being prescribed by one person who is not in the mood to talk to you about your mood. Exactly. No, I think yeah. that's a huge... Right. And we know from other studies that uh, the best combination seems to be drug therapy with some kind of talk therapy like cognitive behavioral whatever and we talked to paul granello a few weeks ago you know 80 percent remission rate for depression so if you're not getting treatment and you're out there and you want to talk about the medication and whatever okay fine 80 percent remission rate with a combination type treatment that's pretty effective that's pretty good i mean what else is 80 percent in this world <laughs> i mean and there's one other part of the controversy we need to talk about. This goes back to when antidepressants first got big, specifically Prozac. They've been around for quite a while, but Prozac was the one that really blew the door open wide. Uh, there's that movie Prozac Nation, book Prozac Nation by Elizabeth Hortzell. That kind of started it all off. As this is now hit big time. And at one time, it may have been suppressed by Lexapro recently, but I know Prozac was, for a long time, the biggest antidepressant in the world. It was like, it's an SSRI, and it was highly used. The problem was, especially with younger people, is it increased the suicide rate. They didn't follow up studies, and they found that suicide, like a lot of that was alarmist. It did actually increase it, but not to the dramatic way that it was first presented. And, Ryan, you've now gone through a lot of your psych classes. Why do you think that happened? I would imagine it had something to do with how it, the beginning effects have to do with it. Um, That's right. They say it takes, for any antidepressant weeks, it takes anywhere from three to six weeks to work. But that's not exactly true. In fact, do you know of any drug that takes three to six weeks to work? No. It takes literally immediately to work on you. And the problem is there's this disconnect between the mind and the body. You are used to thinking in certain ways. You are think used to acting in certain ways. And those kind of re repetitions keep you in a certain frame. So when you... Uh, take this medication it changes kind of certain chemistry certain factor very quickly and suddenly all that lethargy all that inability to move all that sadness it changes slightly and you suddenly have enough energy to go commit suicide whereas before you were so down you couldn't even formulate a plan you know depression is very disorganizing you can't think about you I mean you might want to think about killing yourself but even that's a lot of work when you're depressed and like, I'll get to that later when I feel better. And that's one of the big theories on why that's happening, and it sounds pretty plausible. I always wondered, when I first heard about antidepressants a long time, I was like, why does it take a drug that long to work? And the reality is it doesn't. It doesn't make sense that it would take that long to work. Um, so those three to six weeks are for, like, behavioral changes. It's for your behavior, kind of your thinking and your behavior to match up with your new kind of chemistry. 
And that's why, especially in those first few weeks, talk therapy is extremely important. And around 2003, they put what's called the black box on antidepressants. And a black box is a specific label saying, hey, these might cause suicide. And they did some follow-up studies that found that the suicide rates in different areas increased with that. But there's some debate on that as well. Chrissy, you've now heard a lot of the controversy. What do you think? Kind of what Ryan said earlier. You should always defer to your doctor. Listen to what your doctor says. But I mean... He's on the take. He's, he gets kicked back from those drug companies. They give free samples. Yeah, but I mean... And the insurance company will pay for it, too. He went to school. He knows what he's talking about. And obviously, things like Prozac, they wouldn't be as popular as they are if they weren't working. If they weren't working, people wouldn't keep going back to their doctor to get prescribed that, these medicines. And the guy who came in and talked to you did an interview with said that there's an 80% remission rate. Remission rate. I mean... It just seems like all the evidence that I'm hearing and the things that I'm hearing, it would make sense to listen to your doctor and to take your medicine. And I know it's more difficult for people who are actually dealing with it than it is for me to just say it, but that kind of seems what it is. Right. I mean, kind of, again, we had another discussion where we talked about why don't people do what what their doctors say. And this is a big one. A lot of people are like, well, I'm afraid of drugs. Drugs have bad side effects. And it's true. Antidepressants, some of them have some pretty serious side effects. Not very common side effects, but side effects nonetheless. And especially when the doctors come in and they go, well, that drug didn't work, so let's put you on this other drug. And people are like, well, they didn't even know what happened with that drug, so they had to switch me. It's all a bunch of hooey. But in fact, they switch drugs in non-psychological realms as well all the time. Uh, so my father has been on a bazillion med- heart medications that do various things. And I don't think anybody's claiming that the heart medications are whatever. So again, do what your doctor says. If you don't trust your doctor, go get a new doctor. That's where we're going to leave it, I think. Actually, I would say it's easy to criticize and find naysayers on any given thing. Be informed, but ultimately, you know, we defer to the doctor. It always amazes me that people, they say the entire industry is corrupt, the entire uh, system is messed up, but they never question the guy saying that is trying to advance his career and make money for himself. One guy versus a conspiracy of all these people. That has always struck me. It's a pretty good point. It strikes me as interesting. But there's tons of those people out there who are, like, trying to make a name for themselves, make a lot of money, sell a book. I mean, we get letters from those people quite often. It's either that guy, the guy trying to make a name for himself, or somebody's roommate who smoked a lot of pot. (laughs) It's going to break down to you what's really going on, man. Because he read a book. I read this book that I found at the vegan bakery. It tells what's really going on. You're like, What? Okay, guys, let us know your thoughts. You can leave a comment and tell us that we are all part of the conspiracy, which we have, in fact, been called part of the conspiracy. I am very happy about that, and I hope one day to be called the head of the conspiracy. If you stay in this business long enough, sooner or later you get promoted to different levels of evil, I guess, in certain people's eyes. So you're going to be like a master conspirator soon? I will have henchmen at one point. No way. And a layer. I'm looking to get a layer. I'll get you a cape. You want a cape? Uh, it has to be a cloak. Oh, cloak. A cloak <laughs> and uh, like like some kind of... Rod or staff. Yeah, a staff that I can like shoot rays out of. That'd be awesome. And it will be inscribed with some secret Masonic 
thing and that the pentagram. Yeah, and all that, yeah. yeah. Man, that sounds pretty cool. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound bad. All right, guys, we will uh, have more later. Remember, leave a comment on our blog, www.bpkids.org backslash flip switch. Uh, we love comments. We respond to comments. Chrissy will not shut up about wanting comments. So I need comments, people. <laughs> okay, guys. Okay.